Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Action Academy podcast, the show that teaches you how to replace corporate with cash flow and helps you unlock your inner entrepreneur. My name is Brian Lubin, your humble host and guide on your journey to financial freedom. In March of 2022, I left a six-figure corporate job to pursue building my own business while traveling around the world from zero to $10 million a year. This podcast is a documentation of the journey along that path, all the wins, the losses, and the lessons along the way. As always, if you find value in this podcast and you want to help your fellow corporate escapees go from employee to entrepreneur, send them this podcast, send them this episode. And if you would feel so kind, please leave me a five-star rating and a review. Today's podcast episode is a cash flow clip where we cover a specific strategy and or tactic that will help you move the needle in your life and business today. This cash flow clip comes from a longer interview that we did with Mr. Bob Berg, the best-selling author of the book Go-Giver, which I originally read in my sales profession in corporate America, and it completely changed how I thought about life and business. Over the next 10 minutes, Bob's going to teach you how giving will actually get you more in the long run. Speaking of giving, I have another free thing to give to you, along with 487 hours of free podcast material. My book, From Passive to Passionate, How to Quit Your Job, Grow Your Wealth, and Turn Your Passions into Profits is live, ladies and gentlemen, Friday, December 1st. So if you're doing the math, that's a little bit less than two weeks from now. If you go in the show description, you will find a link to PassiveToPassionate.com, where I will be giving away my meatiest, most heavily researched chapter, How to Build a Side Hustle to $100,000 plus on top of your W-2 job. I took that entire chapter out of the book and I'm giving it away for free before the book is live. So if you want to get that chapter, go to PassiveToPassionate.com and you will be signed up for the marketing and all the materials for the book when it drops. Now let's get to Mr. Bob Berg. So Bob, we got a lot of people that are listening to this today and the name of your book is Go-Giver. It's a fantastic book and everyone should go get it and send it to all their friends, family, and relatives. But what do you have against go-getters, Bob? What's wrong with being a go-getter? Nothing. We love go-getters. If you define a go-getter as a person of action, because when I know and everyone watching this, we're all in business and we all know you can have the best thoughts, nicest ideas, the greatest of intent. But unless actions put into the mix, nothing's going to happen. It simply, it cannot happen. So no, we love go-getters. Now, the good news is that there's no natural division between a go-getter and a go-giver. See, a go-giver is simply someone who understands that shifting their focus, and this is really where it all begins, shifting your focus from getting, again, the focus from getting to giving. Now, when we say giving, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. And not for any kind of way out there reasons, right? Magical, mystical type of reasons. Not at all. When you think about it, it makes very rational sense. When you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others, discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire. When you can move off of yourself and place your focus on helping them solve their problems. When you can shift off of yourself and place your focus on helping move them closer to happiness. You know what? People feel good about you. They feel great about you. They want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to do business with you, and they want to tell the world about you. By the same token, and I often say this when I speak at sales conferences, nobody is going to buy from you 
because you have a quota. Okay. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. And they're not even going to buy from you just because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that ultimately they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And in the basically free market economy in which we still live, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one's forced to do business with anyone else, right? People do it on their own volition. And in this case, that's the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from me or from anyone else, because they believe they'll be better off. But this is where being a go-giver comes in. If you really want to place your focus on making another person's life better through your product, through your service, through the immense experience that you give them, that you provide, you are creating that, that wonderful context for your success. So here's what we say. We want you to be a go-getter and a go-giver. Just don't be a go-taker. A go-taker is someone we would say, all they're interested in is the take, okay? It's take without having added value to the other person, to the process, to the situation. And they typically are not as successful as they'd like to be, and they tend to be frustrated by that. But even when they are successful financially, okay, it's very difficult to sustain for too long. First, it's a lot of work. It's hard because yeah. you have no one on your side. It's you against the world. And some people have that competitive thing. They can do that or they invent something or they have something that they're able to do. Absolutely. It's a big world out there. There's plenty of go-takers who do well financially, but it's very difficult to sustain. And even when they do, very difficult. And typically they're personal relationships are not very good. <laughs> Just exactly the very nature of who they are. So spills you know, over. Yeah. So we would say, yeah, definitely be a go-getter. If you're a go-getter now, continue being a go-getter and be a go-giver focused on others. Just don't be a go-taker. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. And it's funny. We can talk about this in the sales context here for the majority of the conversation, because that's where I came from. And that's my natural proclivity because I have experience in that field. Sure. But for people listening, what Bob is saying also applies with your content. So when we talk about content, and it's an example is this podcast, I created this podcast before I created a business on the back end of it. I made this podcast for free with no ads, no intention of profit for a year. And so it's exactly what Bob is saying. If the longer that you are a giver, a go-giver without expectation of return, the larger your ask can be whenever you do make an ask. And so because you've provided so much asymmetric value that people are like dying to do business with you. They're like, can you please ask us of something? Because <laughs> you've given me so much value. So, Bob, why do you think let's go back a bit to corporate America in general? Why do you think that we run into all of these sales professionals and these business owners <clears throat> where they think that the way to success is to be the go getter? and just push forward, drive forward, made their way, sales skills their way to success. And they never even have the thought of providing value. Why isn't that ingrained in people anymore? First, I'm going to just say that manipulation is bad. Persuasion mm -hmm. is not. Persuasion is good. When we can persuade, it means we're helping another person to make a decision that's in their best interest. Manipulation is different. That's when we're only thinking about ourselves and we don't care who we hurt by doing that. I want people to be good persuaders because in you, you, since you can't force someone to do business with you, which is good, right? You need to be able to persuade them. You need to share with them why it's in their best interest 
to do. As far as your question, why do so many people then not recognize why it's so important to focus on bringing value, even though logically that makes the most sense, right? Again, Mm -hmm. people are doing business with you for their reasons, not our reasons. So why don't they realize that? Because it's human nature. It's human nature. We're self-interested, just like that other person's self-interested. Okay. And so it's hard for us to see that, that it's actually more profitable for us to be less self-interested. <laughs> yeah. So let's walk through this a little bit and let's walk through it in the, and again, we'll put it in the vernacular of a sales conversation, even though again, for those who, and everyone here is in sales, but it, but you might not be doing one-on-one type of sales and so forth. The principle is still going to hold. And someone says, okay, Bob, so, you know, this go-giver stuff, focusing on others, that's fine after I already have the money and I don't need to do that. I need the money now. How am I supposed to get people's money if I'm focused on them, not myself, right? So there's a false premise to that very question. And that false premise is that by focusing on yourself instead of by focusing on the money, instead of focusing on them, you're going to get to the sale quicker. And it's just simply not true. Let's say I'm the salesperson. You are the prospect and I really need the money, Brian. I'm going, I want you to do well through this product, but it's about me here. Okay. I need the money. So I'm going to go in there and sure, I'm going to ask you the questions I've been trying to ask and I'm going to do a, a discovery session. But as I listen, I'm not really listening to the serve. I'm not listening to really understand you and your motives and your, I'm listening so that I can sharp angle you into a close later on. Okay. When you have an objection, I give you the standard answers and I try to do so patiently, but I'm a little defensive about these objections because these objections of yours, they're standing in the way of my money. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm not only a little curt with it, but I'm also just not taking the time to really explore the deeper meaning and concerns. I'm just answering on a surface level. Okay. I'm closing often and early. And by the time I finally ask you for the final time to to take action, are the chances good or not so good that you're going to have the trust and faith in me to to want to buy? And the chances are probably not, okay? Because especially if it's a bigger ticket item, there's risk. I don't really have your best interest at heart. I have my interests. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, I'm the same salesperson, only now different or different salesperson, I guess, but same basic situation. I need the money, blah, 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 the whole thing. But I also realize that my needing the money isn't what's going to cause you to buy. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to deny my self-interest. I'm a human being, but I'm self-interested, just is. But it's a mistake to think that because you're interested in yourself that you can't be interested in helping others. That's that duality. That's that false dilemma. So what I'm going to do is not deny my self-interest, but I am going to suspend it. I'm going to temporarily suspend my self-interest and I'm going to focus on you. So I go in there and I'm asking questions and I'm listening and I'm listening. Yeah. With my ears, but also with my eyes, with my posture. And I'm wanting to understand exactly what's going on with you. That's causing you to benefit. That would have you benefit from this. Why is it that you're and I'm also understanding that because we're different people, we probably think from two different belief systems. So I'm not assuming that because you give me an answer that I necessarily understand what you mean. So I'm diplomatically and tactfully asking you to clarify until Mm -hmm. I absolutely know. 
And only when I know that I know what that, you know, your needs, wants, and desires, am I going to begin to connect the benefits of my product or service with those needs, wants, and desires. When you have an objection, not only am I not going to be defensive, I'm going to welcome it. And I'm going to assure you it's a great question. And I'm going to assure you that it's very important that you feel comfortable with this process if we're going to be able to to help you. And you feel comfortable with that. And now instead of me just answering the the, the objection you've given me, we're going to go deep and we're going to discover the actual root of this objection. And we're going to work through it together in order to advance the sale. And by the time I ask for the order, I'm simply asking you to take action on something that you have already told me that you want to do. More than anything, you sense and you know that I have your well-being at heart. Are you more likely or less likely to want to buy from me right now? Yes. The answer is probably more likely. I love that. And that's what we're talking about.